Welcome to Play, Learn, Teach. We bring early childhood educators together to ask questions about raising children in these challenging times. This episode has been sponsored by OLA. Our Certificate 3 and Diploma courses teach early childhood through the head, heart and hand. If you want to sing, dance and craft every day, talk to us about careers in early childhood education. So welcome everybody to today's episode of our Play, Learn, Teach podcast. I wanted to um, take this time to introduce a four-part podcast series where we want to really explore in a lot of detail what being, belonging and becoming really means in early childhood. So today's going to be a bit of an overview and then over the next uh, four weeks we will um, do a bit of a deeper dive into each of those um, three ideas. So welcome Carol Lichnitsky, who is an education leader for Ignite Minds, and also um, Jake Waring, who is our innovation coordinator. Before we get started, everybody or many early childhood educators understand this idea that when we are working with children, we are always looking at and reflecting on a child's capacity at being, belonging and becoming. Um, Often these ideas are quite complex and they're very difficult to understand. And part of that is that as adults, we have different understandings and we have come to learning about these concepts from very different backgrounds and very different pathways. So what we have tried to do is to break this up into this idea that, well, if children are learning through being, becoming and belonging, what does that mean for adults? And and part of that answer has led us to really understand that this is not a new idea. Um, this idea is this trinity. This this trinity has been around for a long time. So, you know, for for many adults, we learn through the head. Uh, we put our concepts into action through our heart, and then we use our hand to to make a difference and to modify the world around us and to participate. That could be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or thinking, feeling, and we- willing. Yeah, so we think about things, we feel them within the community, and then we will them into action. Or as some threefold theories, like Steiner talked about, uh, we first learn through our cultural experiences, and then we participate in a rights community, and then through our will we become political, and we think about how we're going to change these things. So I just wanted to have that very broad introduction and then ask some questions of our leadership team on how do they think about these big concepts when, and very much at an overview level, how do, how do these big concepts play out in, in their everyday teaching and learning? I love these concepts because they're all ranging and very um, almost imaginative. And I think that for me, it's really an orientation as an educator, as an adult. If I can start to fill these with life, I will have my orientation in terms of what I do and how I am with children. So when I look at being, we have a being, we each are so individual. And I think one of the absolute foremost things with children and actually with each other, which is harder when you're adults, is to support each other where they are. So however the child is, whatever disposition, whatever 
funny little quirky things they have is to totally accept them as they are and support them where they are. That is their being. And I kind of almost feel uh, that we need a lot of reverence for the being of the child. And then the belonging side is what I used to call when I was working in the right sphere, um, creating a social safety net around each child. They belong to a world, they belong to a family, they belong to the spiritual world, they belong to the earth. Um, how do we see that the children are surrounded in a very integrated way with a safety net around them, above them, below them? So it's a bit like being a magician. You have to do everything all at the same time. And then becoming, I think we can't really be inspired um, without having the view that this little child one day will be an adult and may be the adult that changes many people's lives. So it's in the process of becoming. So are we. We're in the process of becoming all the time. And I think we'd be much more forgiving if we realized that we are becoming. So I think that idea that this is just the beginning, this is the little seedling that needs nurturing and watering and caring and love and light. Um, we don't know what the future will be at all. So we're kind of working in the dark in a way. But if we have respect and reverence for this being, we will be guided to do the best we possibly can. So that's kind of my overview of these three Bs. Thank you, Carol. I, yeah, I really appreciate what you're saying because it is so much about beginning. There is so much potential. And when you're working with children, you are constantly got your eye out for that potential and you're thinking about how do I engage with and, and develop and extend that potential. I just have a couple of questions for you, um, Jake. I know you've been a long time student of Carol and you've been practicing this these um, ideas for a long time. Uh, how is it that you uh, engage with these three um, concepts in your in your service? Yes, so uh, Carol is talking about the whole picture and, and a lot of uh, people talk about the whole child and uh, we're instead of focusing on one element of the child, maybe they're really good at maths um, and we, we try and encourage encourage that but but it, uh, the Steiner approach and what we're talking about today is is more about looking at the whole child so uh, the head, heart, and hands approach is is what we're talking about. So in a day in uh, the family daycare that I run, we try and cover all three elements for the head, um, food for the heart, and action for the for the hands, um, so that we're working with the whole child all of the time. And what we find is that they all mix in together. Uh, and that's where the magic of learning um, can happen. So, uh, for example, at the moment we're learning about the season autumn. Uh, we have a great example at our house where there's, there's a beautiful vine which covers most of our uh, porch area, and it, it, the colours have been turning from green to yellow, brown, and now and now quite crimson red, and then falling to the ground. So we've got a great example a visible example of autumn there. So it's quite easy to teach to that. We do a story, like an autumn story. There's quite a few around. Is there harvest stories that you can teach or or the sun's uh, going to bed sort of stories. Um, and we're, we're feeding the head part with, with the stories that we talk about. 
with the heart, there's lots of songs, beautiful autumn songs. The leaves are falling, uh, swirling like a leaf. Uh, Come little leaves, said the wind one day. That's the one we sing a lot. Um, a lot of songs which uh, flow into the heart and make that heart connection with the, with the season and the quality of the seasons. And then with the hands, we have been doing an activity, a leaf rubbing activity, where one of the leaves that falls from the vines, you can, you can take that and place it on a table. And it, by using some beeswax crayons, you can rub across the page, which is on top of the, the veins of the leaf, and then you get a visual representation of the leaf on the other side. And you can add layers and you can use the colours, the seasonal colours, which are so uh, beautiful at the moment. And so in a, in a day, uh, in our family daycare environment, in this early childhood setting, we're teaching this idea, this concept of seasons, especially autumn, using uh, stories for the head, we're using songs for the heart, and we're, we're doing some artistic activities for the hands. What we do, what I do in our daycare setting is that we do this for all of the content, all of the subjects we want to address, um, which uh, basically bringing in world concepts and uh, processing them through uh, the body. And we, by following this head, heart, hands approach, you become, uh, the children become quite connected on all three levels, on all levels to what's happening in the world today. Thank you, Jake. This episode has been sponsored by dragonflytoys.com.au. Play experiences that are beautiful, enchanting, strong and safe. Environmentally friendly and fairly traded. One of the things which uh, really um, stands out to me when you speak is is how um, beautiful and connected this, these three ideas can become, being, become, being, becoming and belonging, or head, heart and hand, how we process our, our mind and our body and our actions um, towards education and towards um, engaging programs for our children. Where this is always tested though is, is often in conflict, you know, when we have a child that um, is potentially, um, doesn't feel like they belong or is struggling to belong, even though their friendships are very welcoming. So um, once we get into this level of detail, I'll just have a question for you, Carol. How, how would you um, use these concepts to bring that child out of their shell and, and to uh, enable them to see the world differently? Mm, that's, uh, you know, the million dollar question, <laughs> because in a way, every child has a quest that is mysterious. Every child. I mean, I, I know that some children have more obvious special needs, but actually every human being has special needs. And often you don't know, um, most times you don't know where it comes from. You can see it. You can maybe see something, but you don't know where it comes from. And for each child, it's very different. So I, I would use the, the kind of window of threefoldness. Um, and I would say... Uh, I'd first look at the way the child moves and I would see if the child, usually if a child is withdrawn and not feeling very connected, they won't move very much and they would have some kind of anxiety in their movement. So you'd see that they're not really flowing and they're not, they're more hesitant. And it would be a matter of giving them much more warmth and possibly giving them, that would be warmth in terms of love and care and support. 
And then uh, if, let's say, there was a hesitancy, I would try to do certain things with a child and not in a confronting way, and by that I mean it's almost invisible, I'd come up on the side, and I would maybe either play with flowing water or I'd play with flowing colour, um, something that would ease this nervous system. So it's kind of almost anxiety is a nervous issue. It comes from the nerves, nervous system being a bit overreactive or overactive. Uh, and I would find something that actually takes this fractured uh, experience of the nervous system into flow through water play, um, water colours, um, and gentle things, maybe gently touching things, making a connection with the world. So not having, not making the child self-conscious because that's the last thing that that child would need, but a way of drawing them out in a gentle, non-confronting way to relate to something in the world that they feel uh, safe with. So, you know, that's an idea, but there's so many ways. And of course, the whole beautiful thing about Steiner education is that by just doing ordinary things based on Steiner's approach, you're actually creating a therapeutic process. But there are therapeutic methodologies related to Steiner education where you can go much, much deeper. Some children have really deep trauma and you need much more depth in terms of how you work so that they can unfold um, in the best way. So I had a really good example just yesterday. Uh, the children came into care. Um, I had seven in care, uh, two, uh, three school-aged children. And I could tell from the start there was a bit of a disconnect. Um, two were siblings, and they were, they were doing this thing where um, the school-aged child was with the brother mainly and not playing with the other children they wanted to have their own game going and whenever the other children tried to get into the game they would sort of move the game somewhere else you know and that went on for about half an hour until people were feeling left out not connected and so that uh, sent a sign to me that we, it was time to do our circle our morning circle and we, it was a little bit later in the morning, so perhaps that was my fault. Maybe it was 20 minutes later than usual. But uh, yeah, we came together in a circle with an inviting song, which is part of our daily ritual. And uh, I just explained it that this, this is what the circle is about. It's about connecting together so that we're aware of each other. We, we say good morning to each other and uh, we sing together. We, uh, we do hand actions together and we dance together and we tell little stories in between. So within the circle, we have the head, heart, hands approach going on with the, with the songs and the stories. The children often tell me little stories and then the, the movement. And uh, we also have the being and belonging and becoming in there too, in that we are being together. We're present in that moment. Uh, we're belonging. We belong in a circle now that we're all together. We're all, we'll, and I expressly, on that morning, I expressly stated that we we're all here together all day, so it's, it's, we're going to have a much nicer time if we all can play together, irrespective of the age differences. And, um, and then we have this becoming where at the end of the circle, everyone was then connected. But during that circle, I could really sense the disconnect at the beginning, and I knew that my role was to work towards that connection and build that connection. And 
quite explicitly I did this by by singing the the songs that we always do. So we're all singing together. I uh, say good morning to each child individually, and then we uh, do some dancing all together, where we're all dancing to the same music and the same rhythm. And then by the end, uh, it was really wonderful to see that the school-aged children were then playing with uh, the two-year-olds, uh, picking them up and helping them, that uh, the, the four-year-olds had got, got a game together going, and that there was much more inclusion, much more uh, belonging. Yes, uh, wonderful, Jake. Uh, it's so much of what you're saying is that magic and learning happens so much when we engage our head and our heart and our hands in, in a synergy with the world, you know, so when it all happens together. Um, and what I love about this, this national curriculum you know, we, we're using the words being, belonging, becoming, or head, heart, and hands interchangeably, but I think that's quite deliberate, and we'll unpack that over the next few episodes. But what I love about this national curriculum is that it is really um, an, a, an opportunity model. It's not a deficits model, you know. So, you know, you're not looking at, at children going, oh, you know, there's a difficult child here today. How are we going to engage with them? You're looking at the opportunity for engagement, and you're thinking, you know, let's create a let's create a circle, and let's um, let's do some some activities around that circle, which um, create a sense of belonging and 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 help people uh, to to fit in and to become in that required political space, um, you know, and that friendship space uh, for the rest of the day. So I think you know having a a, a framework which um, is is an opportunity model and not a deficits model uh, re really um, enables our thinking as educators. Carol, um, are you able just to um, throw some light on some of the opportunities that you've um, seen with regards to you know working directly with children. So under this opportunity model, we're looking at at um, their particular way of being and we're looking at opportunities that we can extend to create. Because um, so many so often we haters talk about interventions or they're talking about things that they've noticed which they're concerned about and they're how can I fix this rather than what have I got to work with and, and how do I create here? Yeah, it's a it's an incredible kind of philosophical question actually for me because it's it's got to do with your fundamental attitude to life as an educator. And I think that until we realize that the world is not perfect, not supposed to be perfect, that it's much more about us learning and that all the challenges we meet are opportunities for change. We battle ourselves really, we kind of battle our own demons that want everything to be a certain way. And I just have to keep saying that if you could do what you think is perfect, why even bother? You've got nothing to learn. So for me, the opportunity, so I turn that around, Uchval, the opportunity that we have by working directly with children is incredible. So let alone the opportunity that they present us with in terms of their own development. Um, they are, especially young children, we are absolutely gifted by having children who are honest. They haven't learned too much about how to be, how to manipulate in society yet. And they're just very real and very true. So what we see is usually also what we get and what we get is what we see. And that's a, a beautiful opportunity. The other thing is that they're very forgiving and very loving. So even though they have difficulties, they are still very integrated beings. And they remind us of a kind of innocence that we've lost. 
Uh, and I just find in times like this where adults can feel quite lonely, when you just see how children are expressing their relationship to the world with such wonder and joy and interest still and enthusiasm, that's an incredible opportunity for us to engage and feel hopeful. So I think it's a two-way street for a start. And I think that when children present something that is challenging, that's our learning. So um, I often would work with teachers and they'd say, I've been teaching for 30 years and I've been fine until this child walked into my room. And 25 children are really beautiful and happy. And the last child that came in has absolutely messed everything up for me. And I can't believe I feel like I have no experience. And um, I remember saying to a person who came with that, well, there's your teacher in the room. Uh, he's got something to teach you that you don't know about. And how wonderful, in 30 years maybe, this is the first time you get a chance to learn something really critical. So I think and the next step is um, to put yourself in the shoes of the children. Uh, literally, I think I've said it before, to actually in the quietness of your own room, walk the way they walk, move the way they move, try to observe how they are in their bodies. And it's very interesting when you give yourself over to being in that body as best as you can, uh, insights start to become available. Um, more importantly, you become more sensitized to what this child is dealing with and what it's carrying, not exactly, but you get a sense for it. And so your way of being with a child changes because you have a different kind of awareness now. So I think it's a, opportunities are there for all of us. Uh, and we are gifted by the beauty of young children to help us be refreshed as well. So just like Carol was saying, uh, we have an opportunity to, as uh, the teachers to really embody this idea of head, heart, hands. Um, I'm really lucky in my daycare, I can I, I play music for the children and I play the ukulele, a little kick drum, a harmonica and a kazoo and I sing at the same time. So I'm, I'm trying to engage my head and my heart and my hands all together and what happens when it, when it works, when it works you get this magic, the magic happens when we engage our head, heart and hands in synergy with with the world and, and so what what we mean by that is uh, when my feet are in time with the, my ukulele then it sounds good when when the words come out in the right order and the, the right lyrics come out it sounds good and uh, when uh, I'm engaged with the children and they're engaged with me in, in this uh, in the music performance then I pick up on what they want to hear and so we either we either do a fast song or a slow song or or we do a fun silly song and uh, we sort of move like that in a performance and I think that's what all uh, performers or, or, or humans are trying to do even businesses so with this uh, your model Ujval, of play learn teach you've got all these three elements together in a, in a beautiful um, offering and it's about synergizing those together uh, through head heart and hands and when you do that when it works well then magic happens but to be honest it doesn't happen that often for me um, sometimes sometimes my legs do things that my arms uh, aren't in, uh, connected with and sometimes I forget the words and I have to make something else up sometimes that that becomes fun too but uh, but I'm striving for this connection this synergy between head heart and hands and when you get it right it's a it's a beautiful feeling 
Thank you, Jake. I think that's about all we've got time for. We just really wanted to give you a really quick introduction to this head, heart and hand approach to being, belonging and becoming in early childhood education. And over the next uh, three episodes, we will be um, doing a deeper dive into each of those three areas. If you've liked what you're listening to, please um, subscribe. Please uh, go to igniteminds.com.au slash podcasts and leave your comments. We love hearing from you. We love your feedback and we love answering your questions. Thanks for listening. This episode has been sponsored by Ignite Minds. We teach play-based learning from within our nourishing homes under the family daycare umbrella. Inspired educators join our team. This podcast was produced by the Jones Collective, thejonescollective.com.au. Chat to us today about your podcast.